This is the old trailblazer, Pastor Pendarvis, letting you know, you folks, I need to hear from some of you. and Let me know where you're listening from. Tell me what, what area of the city or the town you're in. Do me a lot of good. Just gives us a little more information. My email address is pastor at radiomissions.org, or you can call me at area code 225-664-8658. Our regular mail address is the Old Trailblazer, Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out on Old Dan again this morning, bringing you another study from God's Word. And we hope and pray that these messages, these studies are being, are being a blessing to you. We're looking at some studies, have been now for the past few days, on the Antichrist or the RSV Bible. Yes, it's a translation there, or mistranslation, if you will, where the, much of the uh, truth of God's Word, the deity of God's Word, the, uh, the uh, virgin birth of our blessed Lord has been done away with by these modern-day translators, and we just uh, bring into light some of those things. We're not critical. We're just exposing error. And uh, in our last study, we were looking at some of the compound words the compound names of our blessed Lord, and we were looking there at Jehovah Shammah, or the uh, God our righteousness, Christ our righteousness. And one of the first things that the Holy Spirit has to do to every sinner before God can save him is to show him, convince him that he has no righteousness of his own that God will accept. Now, we bring that truth here day after day. Uh, in our regular broadcast here, our messages, our worship hour tapes, our worship hour services, our Sunday night, Wednesday night, or every other message that we bring, there's a, a true line there runs through the message that the sinner has to be awakened to the fact that he's a lost sinner. Now, I know that it's a strange doctrine. Some of you folks won't have it. You believe that you can walk down the aisle, the preacher gives you an invitation to come down and shake the preacher's hand, and that's all there is to it, but not so, my friend. The Scripture says that no man will come to Christ except the Father draw him. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in awakening. When the Holy Spirit shines the light of the glorious gospel into that heart, there comes there the knowledge, uh, the recognition that that individual man, woman, boy, or girl, is a sinner by nature and must have a substitute. Have you have, do you have a substitute? The sinner must come to see and know uh, and, to, and to see, listen, and to feel and to acknowledge that he's a sinner. When does he realize this? When he does, he finds himself utterly hopeless to get to heaven on his own works. Then, and only then will that sinner begin to cry for the righteousness of God in Christ. And the poor sinner who is left stranded with no righteousness of his own wonders if God in Christ will hear him and supply his righteousness. Well, here's the promise. We read it to you in our last study. Let's read it again. They which do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. That is the righteousness of Christ. Now, we come here into this life. We come from the womb uh, depraved and totally depraved and sinful, and we, we have a, a righteousness of our own, a self-righteousness. Don't you hate self-righteousness? I believe the Lord, God of heaven, hates self-righteousness worse than I do a rattlesnake, my friend. One of the greatest, gross, most gross sin that you and I can ever uh, find within is a sin of self-righteousness. I believe it's worse than stealing, lying, or fornicating. I do. 
I believe that in my own heart, to see some self-righteous devil steeped in pride put his, pooches his chest out and says, I'm somebody come. And I see that so much of today in our modern writers. They put all those DDs and LTDs and PhDs behind their name after they write some little frivolous article in a magazine, and they want to let you know that they are Dr. So-and-so. Well, Dr. So-and-so is just a poor old sinner, just like you and I. And if he never get, never is awakened to the fact that he's lost, he'll just go to hell for his trouble. Now, my friend, you say, oh, Trailblazer, you all stirred up. Well, I am stirred up. I ought to be stirred up because I see folks going out into eternity lost. I know, I know that the modernists smooth over. They, they, the biggest churches now, the large churches, have psychiatrists on their staff because some poor soul goes to the pastor and say, you know, pastor, I believe I'm lost. The Lord has showed me that I'm not saved. Well, they send you over to the psychiatrist's office. That's right. That's right. We had a man here not long ago come in here and told me the Lord will wake him to the lost condition and wanted to, wanted to be saved, and we kind of talked with him. And so he went back and told his pastor, he said, you know, pastor, the Lord showed me I'm a lost sinner. He said, no, you're not. You're just as saved as I am. Well, kind of let the cat out of the bag, didn't he? He probably was just as saved as that pastor was. Didn't recognize. Instead of praising the Lord that the Lord had awakened this man, he was trying to comfort him in his lost condition. But listen, that's what pride does. That preacher would have had to come down, come down uh, off of his high horse and said, yes, you know what? I'm a lost sinner too. Then when the Lord saves that sinner, after he sees his own unrighteousness and uh, he comes to abhorrent and reject it, and comes to want the righteousness of God in Christ more than anything in all the world, then God counts that sinner righteous in Christ. It's imputed righteousness, my friend. The Abraham said, the Bible says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him, or imputed unto him for righteousness. This, this the modernist hates this, my friend. The modernist hates it. They want to explain it with something away. It's like this. God shares his righteousness with the sinner. Well, no. God shares nothing with the sinner. Jehovah God does it all, or it's not done at all. The Lord Jehovah will have nothing that the sinner has. He doesn't want anything you have. I have folks who are working their fingers to the bone, uh, trying to work up a righteousness that the Lord will have. They've uh, been here, some of them, many years. You say, well, Pastor, Why? Well, you answer, you tell me. It's because they said in their heart they will not come to Christ. What they're doing, they, they give away all that they can rake and scrape. They uh, do, do everything, stand in the soup line, dip up soup on a cold winter day, thinking that's righteousness. Oh, well, I've helped the poor. Oh, well. And then they give to the poor. They give people, anybody comes along wanting a dollar, they give them a dollar. And they've uh, working their fingers to the bone. And all of those things. I have people who bring me gifts and things to the office here and put them on my desk and thinking it's doing it. They're thinking they're doing God a favor, my friend. All the time, what they're doing is trying to satisfy that righteous. They're trying to obtain some sort of righteousness. You know who the Lord saves? You know whom the Lord saves? Poor old sinner without anything. No, just a poor old beggar without anything. And that's why the modernists hate 
this ministry. They call the pastor here old crackpot, old speckled bird, old foggy-eyed fool. That's right. Why? Why do they do that? Because they don't understand. They believe that we are nemish to their preaching, and we don't criticize them. We just expose error. Day by day, we come in here with God's word, and we say, Thus saith the Lord. But listen. Uh, the Lord doesn't want anything you have. Salvation is of the Lord. That's what old Jonah had to find. You, you, well, you laugh and scoff at Jonah. Well, that's just a myth. That's one of those myths of God's word. Well, my friend, no, it isn't. Jonah 2.9 is just as true as John 3.16. Jonah 2.9 says, salvation is of the Lord. Did you ever read that story with an open heart? Old Jonah. Old Jonah, the Lord told him to go down to Nineveh. And preach the gospel. Tell them that 40 days that city is going to be destroyed. Well, old Jonah, he rebelled against God. You say, does a, does, a, does a child of God rebel against God? Sometimes they do. But let me tell you what, they pay for it. They pay for it. And old Jonah went and got in that ship thinking he's going somewhere else. And they tossed him overboard because the sea was so bad. And the old fish come along, swallowed him, took him up. You say, that's a myth. No, it's not a myth. That's a true story. And old Jonah was in that whale's belly or fish's belly. I don't know if it was a whale or what it was. But the Bible says the Lord prepared. Do you believe God's word at all? Do you just believe God's word at all? The Lord said, the Bible says, the Lord prepared a fish. It doesn't say anything about a whale. But listen, we know a whale's a big fish. But anyhow, he was in that whale's belly for three days and three nights. And the old whale took all he could take of him, soured on his stomach. And he went on down there and, and vomited him up on the shore of Nineveh there in that great city. And old, old, old Jonah learned to obey the Lord in that whale's belly. What's it going to take for you folks to obey the Lord? What's it going to take? I've often heard folks here say, what in the world is the Lord going to have to do to break the will of so-and-so? Well, the Lord knows how to do that. Your will ever been broken? I have, I have folks, uh, to, I, I have folks here. I pray that the Lord would lay them flat on their back, in, on a sick bed somewhere where they could think, where they could look up at the ceiling and think. They don't have uh, any, anything else they can do. Get out and work. Get out and do this. Get out and do that to try to get saved. And I just ask the Lord, Lord, if that's what it takes, lay them flat on their back. Uh, for weeks and months, if you have to, to let them see that you're sovereign, that you're overall, and that salvation is of the Lord. But listen, my friend, every sinner who ever gets saved will come by the way of grace or go to hell for his trouble, according to John eight twenty four. You asked me this question. Old Trailblazer, Pastor Pendarvis, uh, what, 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 is your, what is your hope of heaven? And my answer is, by the imputed righteousness of Jehovah God. I never cease to praise him for the day that he, his Holy Spirit, through the word, opened my heart and brought me to see and to know and to acknowledge that I was a lost sinner. I had no righteousness of my own. Now, my friend, you tell me you're righteous. What is your, what is your basis? Oh, listen, the Lord put that hunger in my heart for his righteousness. I have no covering. My covering, I'm just like that woman uh, who was there at the, at the temple. That bunch of devils brought her there. They took her, caught her in the act of uh, adultery, and they brought her there stripped naked into the temple where the Lord was, and they was going to try to catch him in something. But I was like that woman. I was naked. I didn't have nothing. The Lord sees through all of your self-righteousness, my friend. You can go on. You can, you can, you can be the 
uh, hooking bull if you want to. You can be the, whatever the bell cow there, whatever you want to in your little church and control the pastor with a wink and a nod. But my friend, your self-righteousness is going to have to go. It'll have to go. Oh, listen, my friend. The Lord put that hunger in my heart, and I didn't let him go. I couldn't let him go till he saved me. No, no. He, I was like old Jacob. He said, I'll not let you go. He was wrestling with the Lord Jesus Christ. My only hope for heaven is the righteousness of Jehovah because Jehovah is my covenant God. And I stand with him on covenant grounds at this particular time based on his sacrifice for me there on the cross. If God be for us in substitution, who can be against us? You say, who is? what do you mean by substitute? I mean that he took my place. The Lord Jesus Christ bore my sins on the cross. He bore my being striped there in the, in the, where the Roman soldiers took, uh, scourged him. He bore all of those things for me, my friend. The Lord Jesus Christ suffered the sum total of whatever elect of God would have to suffer in hell to pay for their sin debt. Now, my friend, one of the greatest verses I know of is that the child of God can read and study, no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. But listen. I tell you one thing, you can't win fighting God. You can romp and stomp and cook, chew your cud and spit your am beer, do whatever you want to. But no weapon that's formed shall prosper against this old trailblazer because I'm bringing you God's message. He laid this on my heart to bring. Maybe there's one poor soul out there who believes that he's righteous. He's righteous within himself, and the Lord's going to burst that bubble. Oh, I wish he'd burst it today. Wish he'd burst it tonight. Whatever time you hear in this message, don't, don't get mad with the old trailblazer. I love your soul. I may not be very smart, and I know that. You may not understand much that I say, but I tell you one thing, God's word is true. I may not be true to you, but God's word is true to you. I wouldn't lie to you for nothing in this world, my friend. God hates those things. But listen, would you would you sit down and write me and tell me you're praying for me? You know the Lord. You serve in the Lord. Oh, uh, oh, my friend, if you are, write me and tell me that you are. Remember, my address is the old trailblazer. Post Office Box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. If you would, help me with the broadcast. Help me spread the gospel across this nation of ours and around the world. If you would, the Lord will bless us, bless you and bless me and honor his word. Goodbye and God bless you.